You're listening to another hope-filled podcast from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifenz.org. We're in this window of time. I've been a part of life my whole life. If you don't know me, my name is Luke. You probably see me on the screen getting thrown under the bus most Sundays on the live link. But I love being a part of something God is doing. God is building, and I love that we get uh, to make a decision, will we jump on the bus? Will we jump on board with what God is doing? And I want for a moment you just to be reminded that this doesn't just happen. (laughs) In fact, you may think, man, I love our church. I love coming in. We've got great coffee. There's friendly people. There's great worship. We get challenged by a great word. It doesn't just happen. But when we all understand God's got a plan and a purpose for our lives, and for many of us, if not all of us, it's about seeing what he chose, his church rise up to be what it's called to be in our society. And, and I believe that in the short space of time, we're under two years till the end of 2020. That's scary. This is the last Sunday of February. So one-sixth of the year is gone, okay? So let's not think about that too much. You might start hyperventilating my, like myself. <laughs> time does not wait for no one, but God entrusts us with a, a window of time. The Bible puts it this way, a vapor, <laughs> Our life is here today, it's gone tomorrow. Another version says we're like the steam from a kettle. (laughs) Now you see it, now you don't. And and I love that we get to be a part of something. It's not just a church on Sunday, but making a difference in our community. I want to encourage you as we look around God's word this morning, life throws curveballs. Life can be full on. Life has good times and challenging times, but there is one thing that remains, one thing that stays faithful, and that is God. The Bible declares he is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And I believe today, whether you're here for the very first time or like me, you've been here a real long time, that God wants to speak to you. He wants to entrust to you something far larger than you could do on your own. But when we gather together, we see legacy take place. And I'm going to look at this passage of Scripture. If you've been a Christian a little while, you may have heard of it. It's found in Ephesians chapter 6, titled the, The Armor of God. I'm just thankful God doesn't just choose to presence himself with us, but I'm so thankful God gives us keys to live out our life. And I believe in this legacy season as we focus for a few moments on on things I I guess I think are, are potential limiters to our legacy being built through what God wants to do. This Ephesians 6 scripture is is very encouraging because God wants you and I to know he's already hooked you up. You know, sometimes we can if you've been a Christian a little while, get into the trap, well, it's, I'm here because I did it. And there is truth to that statement, but really if God wasn't God and he wasn't for you, you would not be where you're at right now. I'm thankful for senior pastors that counted the cost way back, almost 28 years ago, and said, you know what? We're going to trust God and the dream that he's put in our hearts, and as a result, we get to live in the slipstream of what that is. But if you've got your Bible in Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 18, I'm going to read it from the Message Bible. It says this, and that about wraps it up. God is strong and he wants you strong. So take everything, take everything the master has set out for you. Well-made weapons of the best materials. God has given you the best. Don't just take them, but put them to use. So what? You'll be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. I love this. This is no afternoon athletics competition. (laughs) 
It's not something we just will walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. You know, God wants you to know that you're in this for the long haul. You're in this to build a legacy. (laughs) This is for keeps. A life and death fight to the finish against the devil and his angels. Be prepared. Come on, I want you to capture it. We don't just tell testimonies of God's faithfulness so that we get a good feeling or think, yes, it's all going well. No, be prepared. If we want to see miracles take place in our lives and other people's lives, we need to be prepared. Because you're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help that you can get. Every weapon God has issued. So that when it's all over, (laughs) I love this, so that when it's all over but the shouting, you will still be on your feet. When it's all said and and done and all the shouting is kind of clanging around, you'll still be standing saying, we see the victory because we held on. I want you to capture this. Truth Righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your entire life. God's word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and pray long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or no one drops out. Legacy becomes a reality when we're all in this together. Father, we thank you for your goodness in our lives. Lord God, we thank you we're a part of such a time as this. Lord God, we don't take it for granted we get to step into your house, into your presence. We thank you. You choose to presence yourself amongst us. But this morning, we don't want just another Sunday to go on by. We we want you to speak to us. Father, we, we, we are so overawed in a sense of your goodness when it comes to legacy, but in the short window of time, we're believing that $45 million will be raised, that, that the community impact would be expanded, that, that we would see something as we're seeing right now further extended to something that has never been seen before in this nation. We pray you go with us and we thank you, you're for us. But I pray this morning you'd have your way and speak to us in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. I don't know if you've ever had this moment, the moment of like sheer relief, that moment where the pressure's off. Maybe you knew you deserved something for your actions and someone wiped it away. Just that sense of, oh, man, it is good to have that off my shoulders. That moment or one of those moments for me was when I found out that our third child was going to be a man-child. I love my daughters, but I, I was like, man, I'm not sure I can go a third round of, of girls in the house. I'm really already outnumbered, and I just really love a boy. And I remember those words in that little scanning unit, and it was like, well, it looks like he is a boy. You ripper. <laughs> Sheer relief because A, it means I don't have to go for a fourth time to make sure I get a boy. And I just knew that finally, as good as my girls are, I finally had a boy that was going to carry on the Dion legacy. The name was going to live on. You know, I was starting to get really worried there for a moment that I was going to let Pastor Paul down and that name was just going to end. You know, it was great while it lasted, but no. 
sheer relief when little crews came into the world. You know that moment when you're just like, whew, thank God it's going to be okay. And I was reminded again when we watched that video of the fact that, you know, life can get in the way and there's so much of life that is good, but so much of life that can eat away at us at times that I just had that moment of sheer relief. You know what? God is in control and God is a good God and God is doing something on our behalf And then I found myself reading the scripture again and again, sheer relief. You know what? God's given me, he's given you and I all we need to overcome whatever comes our way. You know, whether you've been a Christian for one moment or for an entire lifetime, God is the same God, as I said before, of yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's already fighting for you. Long before you and I had an opportunity to choose him, the Bible says he chose us. And I don't know about you, but that is good news. But I think when it comes to legacy, the enemy wants to get you and I into a state of panic. He wants to get you and I into a state of angst. For some of us, we see $45 million and go, woohoo. For some of us, go see that and go, there's no way. It doesn't matter what your perspective looks like. I believe the enemy wants to control our lives to be small-minded when it comes to the things God has for us. When you're a part of a church, the Bible declares when you place yourself under spiritual authority, you have access to what is on their life. You have access to the call God has for this house. And and I believe we're only scratching the surface of what God has for us. I believe that 2020 goal is going to be shattered. Uh, Do I naturally go, oh, man, there's still a long way to go? Yeah, 26.8 million already pledged and given? Come on. Where have we ever seen that in the history of our church before? But I I do the sums quickly and I go, cool, we've still got a long way to go. We've still got over 18 million to go to see that take place. And if we're not careful, we can get caught in the trap of the angst or the what if or the panic starts to set in. And the Bible wants to explain to you and I, no, 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 be aware God's given you the very best. Every single tool that when you and I live in panic mode, all we need to do, the Bible says simply put, is read his word and pray. Start to realize he's given us salvation. Start to realize he's given us righteousness. Start to realize he's given us peace. Start to realize, and as we start commanding those things over our lives, it's interesting how the sense of relief comes instantly back. I love back in June, I think it was, Pastor Paul declared, you know, if we're to leave a legacy, we need to make a decision to live one. We're all called to leave a legacy, and whether you like it or not, your life will leave a legacy of sorts. Your life will echo into the generations to come, whether great or not so great, you and I get to determine how that looks. Why? Because we get to live a legacy. So today, really quickly, I thought we would look And a couple of things I think are legacy limiters. If we're all called to live a legacy, if we've all been given the same weapons as the Bible declares it, to take on, I guess, any plan or story the enemy wants to unfold in our lives and our church, if if we've been given all we've been given, then to me, naturally, well, we don't lose. Yet how many of us live moments even longer than moments, 
decades of our life on the battlefield feeling like I'm not winning right now. Feeling like I've got supposedly all the weapons, yet I keep coming up to a brick wall and seem to keep headbutting and headbutting and headbutting the same thing. Sometimes I think if we're not careful, we can just solely rely on the goodness of the scripture, failing to realize, as it says in there, hey, you've been giving all the, given all these, but guess what? You need to apply them. Sometimes we live in these limiting or decapacitating moments or seasons of our life where we actually limit or allow the enemy to limit what our legacy could be. So number one, I think one of the first legacy limiters is discouragement from the past. Discouragement from the past. You know, I I think a lot of us lose courage over fairly small things at times. A lot of us don't realize what something so small can do to our courage in life. It doesn't take much. I'll never forget. I've been on boats my whole life, as you know. Pastor Paul loves fishing, and so we grew up boating. And I would have been maybe 15, 16 at the time. We were coming into uh, the boat ramp from a day out on the water, and my uncle from Australia was over, and uh, the particular boat we had and the boat ramp we were using, you would come in and you would kind of carefully climb your way up onto the front of the boat, the nose of the boat, and you just kind of timed it as the boat came in nice and slowly and you would jump off the boat onto the wharf to catch the boat. And so my uncle was doing that. We, we did that as kids, as, didn't think twice about it until this moment where as he went to jump, his feet were wet and he slipped and he jumped too early, missed... <laughs> It was really good because it didn't happen to me, but he missed (laughs) the wharf and plonked straight into the water, managed to get out of the water in time before the boat came and everything was okay. But ever since that moment, I've ever had to climb on the front of a boat, I have a flashback of what happened and I'm now cautious to make sure it didn't happen. Every moment up to that point, I never thought twice about it. And even though it's never happened since and never happened to me, that one moment has caused me in those moments to lose courage, so to speak, and be a whole lot more cautious. What is it in your past and my past that's discouraging us from what God has for us when it comes to legacy? What is it? Is it a story? Is it a conversation? Is it an actual fact that took place in the history of church going for you where something took place that was unexpected and it's in the past, but if you're honest, the discouragement still speaks today. See, courage gives you and I the ability to face something we wouldn't normally otherwise face. Courage gives us the ability to see a goal that Pastor Paul believes God has given him for legacy and go, yeah, let's take that on. Yet discourage goes, wow, that's a long way, and I'm just not sure, and I've seen this, and I haven't seen that, and discourage starts to speak from our past. Everyday life, I believe, gives us opportunities to be discouraged from what was, discouraged from what maybe even is. But I want to encourage you, like I need to encourage myself, fear is a part of the journey, yet we've been given the weapons to speak to the fear and not let it rule us. 
1 Peter 1 verse 6 to 7 says this, So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show you that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Through, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, so when your faith remains strong through many trials, what? It will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You see, sometimes we, we think, you know, it's going to go all sweet now that we're Christians, but we fail to realize we live in the same world as everyone. We have that family member that we didn't get to choose. We have that work colleague. Come on, we go to university with that person or we've, we've had to encounter that situation and we fail to realize that actually these things aren't proof that God isn't there. They're actually proof he's with you because you now have an opportunity to overcome. If there was none of the trial, then your faith wouldn't get tested and your and I faith would not enlarge and grow so that when the call goes out, God's given us this word, this promise that by 2020, it's when our faith is enlarged because we have courage, because we know we've overcome. We see that and go, woohoo, I'm in, rather than, uh-oh, I'm out. <laughs> Discouragement is something I think we've got to be very mindful of because it can easily nap like a yapping dog away at our heels and cause us never to go forward. So I think for many of us, we need to acknowledge the past, but make sure we don't live in it. The past is the past. That's why it's called the past. <laughs> but how many of our pasts are still in our present? So maybe it's not your past. Maybe it's still your present. But we need to acknowledge that happened, but make a decision not to live in it. Why? Because the Bible says in Jeremiah, you know, God knows the plans he has for you. Do you know them? Or are you still stuck in yesteryear? Do you know that the future is bright? Do you know that the future is larger? Do you know that God has more for you in your future than he has for you right now? Yet if you allow discouragement of the past to come into your present you'll never believe for a greater tomorrow. Secondly, not just discouragement from the past, but I believe legacy, another legacy limiter would be distraction in the present. What do I mean by that? You know, I've discovered in my own life that if you don't have conviction, I'm not sure you really go too far. If you're not convicted about something yourself, then it's just an idea or a suggestion and that's great, but it doesn't direct your life. When we hear Pastor Paul declare the 2020 vision, is it a conviction in your heart? Is it something that you say, yes, that's what I'm about? Or do we get to a point where we say, man, I believe in that, that's cool, but when it comes to the crunch, I'll cheer from the sidelines, I'm just not prepared to get on the field. You see, we've got to realize that there'll be plenty of distractions in our prison. For those that are a part of the legacy team, does your pledge have conviction? You know, we're nine months on from an incredible legacy campaign back in June 2018. 
I'm asking myself this recently. Is, is my pledge in a place where my conviction's attached to? Or was it what I believe God spoke, but now I'm having to outwork the reality of it? And oh, it's, it's harder than I thought. God, you spoke, so I'll just sit back on the couch and you make it happen. <laughs> Where he says, no, no, I've given you all you need. Apply them yourself. Come on, have a conviction about what God has said. Conviction causes us to have a fixed belief. Despite circumstance, we will never be moved. Our lives can encounter disillusionment when our expectations don't get met. We can be distracted because something did happen or something didn't happen, but I've come to realize that unless you are willing to live and die by that decision, I'm not sure it's conviction at all. Distraction sets in. I'll never forget making the decision in my heart that I was going to marry Melissa. Now, if you know Melissa, she's got the Canadian accent. She is from Vancouver. And when we were dating, we were long distance dating for about eight months, and then she moved to New Zealand. And in that time that she was here in New Zealand, made a decision, this is the girl I was going to marry. And so because of the distance, I couldn't just rock up to her dad's house and ask the question, ask for permission. I had to do it over Skype. Yeah. And so I'll never forget this moment because I had a conviction in my heart that I wanted to marry Melissa, but if you've ever been through this, guys, you'll just know there's just, you know, you're confident, but you're not confident. You know, that moment you're like, mm, I, yeah, I just hope this goes well. Anyway, I'll, I still have it burned in my brain, the image of what was, where he was sitting. I knew, I, I can see it all now. I, it was just that, it was a pivotal moment. And I remember this. He's a great guy, Vic. But I said, hey, Vic, um, uh, thanks for letting Melissa um, come over to the other side of the world. Um, I know she's your only daughter. And all this stumbling, he's like, obviously he knew it was coming, you know. <laughs> just waffled on and waffled on. I said, so I was just wondering whether I could have your blessing in asking Melissa to marry me. And I'll never forget this moment. <laughs> I said, well, Luke, you're a great guy. I, I think you're... I think you're awesome. I know Melissa's having a great time. Um, I'm probably going to have to check with Melissa that she wants this. Um, <laughs> and then he says these words, I don't have an answer for you right now, but I'll get back to you. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like, come on, bro. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Uh, Thanks. Hit the red button. <laughs> I mean, where do you go from there? Three days. Yeah, no sleep for three days. Is he, isn't he, is he, isn't he, is he, isn't he? And then a text, hey, let's Skype. Oh, no, not again. <laughs> but I had a conviction that this was it. And when we talked again, he said, I really, you know, I really genuinely believe it's the right thing, Luke, but I want to hear from you why. I want to hear why, Melissa. And I found in that moment that it was the conviction in my heart that sustained me. I was a lot more confident from that moment speaking to him because there was a speaking out of conviction. Not ever, oh, I think this would just be a good idea. <laughs> I just think it would be awesome. It was a knowing that this is what I wanted. 
And in the book of Romans 5, verse 3 to 5, it says this, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. I'll never forget those three days. I don't think I ever want three days like that again. But. And endurance develops strength of character. Character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And in this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When you know that God is in control, when you know that God is for you, not just the person on your left or your right, but you, then it doesn't matter what comes. It doesn't matter what tomorrow brings. You are convicted to the point where you can now activate your present. Last week, Pastor Paul, Vision Sunday, spoke about the here and now. That if the best is yet to come, it's only going to come in its best form when we live our here now well. So how distracted are you and I in our present from what God spoke back in June? Or maybe today you're not a part of the team, but you feel like, I want to be a part of that. I want to encourage you and remind you distraction will come. Distraction's not just the negative things, but I think distraction can be the success of where life is right now. We're in a great space. We're in a place we've never been before. 26.8 million, that's never been seen before. And that can be a distraction. Oh, well, God's got it. Oh, other people have sorted it out. Yet God wants you and I to realize, no, 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 let's activate our here now to see a legacy take place. Your family will be different. When you make a decision that my family's not just going to exist and just do life, but where are we going as a family? What do we believe for our family? What do we see? And what am I going to do now to not be distracted in my present tense for where we're going in the future? Galatians 6 verse 9. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if you get to choose. If we don't give up. Have you given up on what God said back in June? When have you given up on the promises that he spoke over your life five years ago? Have you given up on that family member that's kind of run away from God? Don't give up for at the exact right time if you choose to stay true and be convicted in your belief. Live a life of conviction. Don't be distracted in the present. And third and finally... I think another legacy limiter is the devalue of the future. When we devalue the future. To me, that's kind of like a loss of trust. You know, who holds your future? Do you hold it or does God hold it? Do you hold where you're going and what's happening? We need a target, otherwise we won't know where we're going. But is God in control or are you in control? You know, confidence, having trust and having a confidence allows you and I to actually trust in his character. God, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, so I'm going to trust you. I don't see it right now. I don't feel it right now. And by goodness, I don't know what you were doing telling me that figure back in June because I'm struggling to get there. But if you are God, I'm going to trust you anyway. Having a confidence in who he is. Our lives are always outcome-driven. And so if we're not careful... We start to discredit God and devalue what he can do in our lives when we don't see the outcome the way we thought we, we would see it. Now, I'll never forget when we were believing, when we were probably six years ago, uh, about four years into being married and felt like God 
challenge us to, in a prayer meeting, I think it was somewhere, to believe for a house. Now, I, I've got to be honest, I didn't really want to believe for a house because I thought that's just really far-fetched. <laughs> How on earth is that ever going to happen, God? And we went through this journey, and I may have shared this before, but anyway, long story short, this miracle story was unfolding only to get to a point and it ended. And I thought, man, maybe we missed it from God, or maybe I was right. We shouldn't have believed for a house. <laughs> Funny how your mind works that way. But again, I just felt like, no, no, we've got to trust God with this. If he said it, then our future's got more value than our present. I'm not going to devalue what he said would be a reality. And we had to do some things and really trust God with finance and all of that, only to discover that the miracle was just around the corner. But how many of us devalue what's in our future because of the challenge and the distraction in our present? Philippians 1 verse 6 says this, And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Always focus the future why over the future what. I'm going to ask Clarence to come and join me, but always focus the why. Why is it that God has got this promise for me, not just what is the promise God has for me? Because the why will sustain you and realize very quickly that the what is great, but the why is where the value is attached. When you live for a purpose, you have a reason to get up in the morning. The why is so critical. And in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 to 38, it says this, speaking of Jesus, but when he saw the multitudes... He was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Why was it that Jesus did what he did for you and I? Why did Jesus go all the way to make a way for you and I? Because he was moved with compassion. He saw why he was doing it, not just what he was having to do. When it comes to legacy, I hope you hear Pastor Paul and Marie's heart that it's not what, 45, that should be the driver. It's why this incredible couple with four, five kids, that was funny. <laughs> five kids? No, four. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure it feels like five. No. <laughs> That's the why. We have to have a what, otherwise we don't know where we're going. We're like sheep without a shepherd. But the why is people's lives. Connecting with who Jesus is and what he's done for them. And in that moment, you start to live a life that goes, you know what, I might be fighting off distraction in my present. I might, I might be kicking out discouragement from my past, but I'm not going to devalue the future. Why? Because there's too many people in my workplace. There's too many people in my family. There's too many people in our universities that are yet to discover the wonder of a God in heaven who loves and cares for them. And through legacy, I believe, we can see our community impacted and changed with the reality of Jesus. But we need to realize and we need to understand that God is not just a great God. He's a God of legacy. As I've continually been saying in the book of Revelations, verse 1 and 8 says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end, says the Lord. I am the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, the Almighty One. 
Let's be people that focus on living a legacy, applying the scripture as we read earlier, so that we can leave a legacy. When you live the legacy, you will ultimately leave a legacy that sees people's lives changed. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifenz.org.